Good morning, church. It's good to see you all today. Let's stand to our feet. Let's sing loud. Raise our hands. Praise Jesus. Let nothing hinder your worship of the Lord in this place today. And let us be reminded that love came down. Amen.
Pastor Sam, good to see you. Good morning. We've got some lovely friends that we're bringing out. Good morning, church family. Uh, today's a special day in which we get to partner uh, with our families here at church. And parents are coming forward this morning uh, to dedicate their children to the Lord. But as a part of that, they are asking you as a congregation uh, to partner with and helping to raise these kids in a manner that honors and glorifies the Lord. And so can we give our, our families a round of applause? They're here and they're ready to go this morning. So I want to introduce you to this little angel right here. This is Mia Elise Decker. Can you say hi, Mia? You just kissed the microphone. That's okay. That's all right. And she is daughter of Tara Reed. And Mia, your, your first name and, and talks about you have a natural love of life and for people. I think that's right, right? Do you love people? You love life? You're saying there's a lot of people out there right now is what you're saying, right? And so your name tells that you are uniquely created to love life and people. And your middle names reminds that you continuously, continuously a daughter of the king because it means of noble kin. Are you of noble birth? Did you know that? You're royalty, right? Okay, she's, you know you're a princess? Yeah, she said yes. She said yes. She knew it. Okay. And so as you grow, may the Lord our God establish your heart to love others like Christ first loved you. And as you grow, my prayer is that you will become to know the abundance of life that is found in Christ Jesus. God bless you, Mia. Can you wave at all your fans? Oh, good job. Good job. So my verse for you is 1 Thessalonians. It says, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that you may establish your heart blameless in holiness before our God and our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. All right. You're waving at your fans. Okay. God bless you. Let's give me a round of applause. All right. And I have Piper Sue. Piper, can you say hi? You're thinking about it. It's a little shy. There's a lot of people out there, right? So she is daughter of David and Alyssa Gervin. And Piper, do you know this? You think, you know what your first name means? It means that you're a musician. I don't know if you knew that. Your parents probably did, right? Especially with wind in your st- in instruments. Do you like to sing sometimes? Yes? Okay. Well, Piper, your first name means musician. That comes from the British. And Sue is your grandmother's name. And it also means lily in the Hebrew. That means you're like a little flower, beautiful flower. So Piper, Sue, your name declares that you are made to worship just as your name signifies yeah, I'm talking about you. That's pretty cool, right? May you continually bring praise and honor to his name. My prayer is that you will grow to understand that you are loved by the generations of your name before you and that you are made precious, more precious than the lilies of the field to your heavenly father. May you see the beauty and renewal that comes from worshiping and being in the Lord's presence through the gift of praise and worship. All right, your verse is Psalms 145. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise is greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Can I get a fist bump, maybe? You gave me a yawn. <laughs> That's not a fist bump. <laughs> All right. And then over here we have Finley Ray Gervin. I'm going to squeeze in right here. And Finley, you know what your first name means? Fair-haired, which you have fair hair, right? And then also it means that you're courageous. Uh-oh, mom and dad are in trouble, huh? I know. But then Ray makes up for it because it talks about God's protection, right? So you have protection. So even in your courageousness, God gives you protection. So Finley, Ray, your, signif- your name signifies that you've been given the courage to be bold in faith. Did you know that? 
You're looking at my papers. You want to read it? Okay. You're being bold in faith and loving others the same way as Christ loves you. As you grow, may you come to know the promise and the truth, the Lord, and take delight in him as your source of refuge and strength. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. May Jesus be both your refuge in the storms of life and the strength to weather them. And may you teach others around you the importance of trusting in the Lord's strength, the one who made the heavens and the earth. God bless you, Finley Ray. And your verse is Psalms 46. God is our refuge and our strength, the very present help in time of trouble. So when you're courageous, just remember God's with you, okay? All right, you're looking back there. God bless you. Let's give Finley Ray a round of applause. All right, we have Holcomb right here. Hi, Holcomb. How you doing? I like your shirt. You have pretty blue eyes. Yes, you do. And you have a sport jacket on too, which makes it even more impressive. So Holcomb is son of Jonathan and Lindsay Living Good. And Holcomb, your name, your first name, means from a deep valley. Well, that's pretty cool, huh? And then your middle name is well-born or noble. You're, you're basically a king. Did you know that? Do you live at your house like a king? Yes. Okay, good, good. He's like a Hulk smash. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So if, if he's, he's royal, that means you're a royal brother too, right? And sister. So Holcomb Jean, the love of God is rich and runs deep for you. And may you know the depths of his love and the worth that you have been given through our Heavenly Father. Remember to stay rooted in faith and established in the love of God. May the Lord grant you the ability to love others with the same measure shown and revealed to you. God bless you, Holcomb, Gene. And my verse for you is Ephesians 3.17. It has to do with the depth of God's love. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep is the love of God. That's pretty cool, huh? You want, to say, you want to say hi to all your friends? Thinking about it? You'll say hi to all your friends, won't you? Hi. <laughs> God bless you. Let's give Holcomb a round of applause. And then last but not least, we have Cooper over here. Cooper was playing the piano backstage. He's all ready to make the stage debut, right? And Cooper Daniel is son of Austin and Kristen Pettigay. And Cooper, it means you're a barrel maker. Did you know that you make barrels in your free time? Probably not, okay. But it also means that you're a vessel, okay? And that comes from the English. And Daniel, God is my judge. And that comes from the Hebrew. And so Cooper, Daniel, you are a vessel to be filled with the presence and the power of God. That's pretty cool. May the Lord your God find you upright in all your ways and judgments, for God alone is our holy and righteous judge. And may the goodness and mercy of God follow you all the days of your life. From this day forward, I pray that you, you that... I pray that the Lord's house will be a place of refuge and comfort. God bless you. Can I get a fist bump maybe? You do a fist bump or high fives? High fives? Nope. Thinking about it. Okay. I, don't, I, I wouldn't. Yes. Okay. Psalms 23 is your verse that I have for you. It says, verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. My prayer is that your cup, your vessel would overflow continually. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. You're going to go to mom because I'm, 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 I'm making you nervous, huh? God bless you, Cooper. Can we give Cooper a round of applause here? Wave all to your fans there. And so church family, as these families have come forward, they are making a decision and, and being intentional about dedicating their kids and raising them up in a way that honors the Lord. But as a part of this, as a family of faith, as a church and a community, we need to partner, we need to stand with them 
and pray for these kids and encourage and walk with them. And so as an act of showing your faithfulness to these families and these children, will you please stand and will you just, will you just reach out your arms as an act of just praying over and blessing these kids? And we're going to pray over them. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for these children. We thank you so much for these families, Lord. May you give them power and strength through your Holy Spirit. Lord, will you guide them? Will you direct them as they seek to raise these kids in a way that honors you? But God, would this church stand in the gap, stand beside them, encourage them, and be the community of faith and family that raises these children to honor and to seek you, Lord Jesus. God, we pray all this in your mighty name. Amen. Let's give these families a round of applause. church and so it's just a reminder that this is why we are in the body of Christ so we can walk this journey together
Even when you may feel alone, He's faithful every hour, every minute to be there with you, present. And so I just pray that you would be reminded today to fix your eyes on Him.
tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? Yours is the victory. 
Aprendí que siempre voy a ser doctora. Cuando vine a la iglesia el otro día, las cajitas que yo recibí me fue bien bonito. Recibí una cosa, unos juguetes, un peluche bien bonito que estaba. Y con ese peluche voy a dormir. Y mi gatito también. Cuando recibí la caja estaba muy alegre. Aprendí que Dios siempre me quería y siempre me va a querer. Jesús es que me cuida desde arriba. 
Gracias por todos que me dan un regalo más bonito y siempre les voy a querer porque es una bendición de Dios. Gracias. Good morning, church. It's, it's good to see all of you here today. Uh, many of you got my email uh, earlier this week when we share with the congregation that one of our pastors, he's our, he's our worship pastor that leads in the traditional service, Pastor David Elder, uh, Dr. Elder, and, and the, he's been diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. And uh, so we're, we're praying for him. This is treatable, so we praise God for that. But it's going to be a, a journey and, and a, a fight for he. There's going to be a, a lot of differences in their family. And we're praying for healing in the name of Jesus. We know we have a God who heals. And I would just like to take a moment here and pray for Pastor David. And, and also for all those others that have cancer. There are others that have cancer. You may not have your name up on the, uh, on the front of a church, but, but also we're praying for you too. So can we just have a word of prayer, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. Lord, that, that you are our great physician. You're the one who heals, Lord. You're the one who forgives all sins. You're the one who heals all diseases. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, we claim that promise in Psalm 103. And Lord, I'm just thank you, thankful for Pastor David Elder, a brother in the ministry. Lord, serving faithfully here 17 years. Lord, and I pray that you show yourself faithful to he and to Marsha. Lord, I pray that you give them strength and perseverance and healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'd work a miraculous work, and in, in that, Lord, we wouldn't take any glory, but the glory be given only to you. Lord, I thank you for the doctors and the nurses that treat those uh, with cancer, Lord, and I ask a blessing on them, Lord, that you would give them attention to detail, Lord, that you would fill them up with your, with your work, Lord, your presence. And Lord, we're just trusting 
David's health and the health of all those dealing with cancer, Lord, to your healing hand. And it's in your name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. 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 We have a God who is at work. Amen. Amen. In Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said this, my father's working until now and I'm working. He's saying, my my God is at work and so I'm going to be working right alongside him. And so we're going to be we're going to be following, following his leading. Because that's what Jesus did. He followed the, the Father, what the Father did. And we follow what God does. If you're, a true, if you're a true believer in Christ, you're really trying to seek the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're going to be following the Lord. I'm going to try to follow the Lord day by day, morning by morning, hour by hour. That's what we're trying to do here. So, so you know, and, and this Lord that we're following, he has a plan. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? He has a plan. This is God's plan for your life. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to have a bond with him. He wants wants to be able to personally show his love to you so that you can draw strength from from him in your life. He wants you to, to spend eternity with him in heaven after life on this earth. That's his plan. He wants you to be able to be filled with joy and peace and love and joy. That is God's plan for your life. It's a plan for all of our lives. And, and, uh, and that's the big picture. If I look at what the Bible is saying, the Bible is saying, this is how God loves me. This is how God loves you. And this is how you can spend eternity with the Father in heaven. That's the big picture. It's not just a bunch of Bible trivia data, okay? It is how we can find God and have that relationship with him. That's what I want to talk about today. This fall, we've been going through the big picture of the Bible. We've been hitting the highlight stories, the greatest hits of those stories in the Bible. We're talking about creation. And then after the creation, God created the heavens and the earth. After that, we looked at the, the fall of humanity and sin entered the world. And, and because of that, mankind was was expelled from the Garden of Eden. We saw that, that God came to Moses, came to Abraham and, and said, there's a new covenant here. I have some hope for you. And, and in this new covenant, there's going to be a savior and, and the whole world's going to be blessed through your family. And we saw that, that God is the God who's a promise keeper. God's our commander. We saw the Ten Commandments. Pastor Bobby talked about the Ten Commandments and, and how God gives us direction. We saw them going into the promised land, the children of Israel, and and God is our God of victory. And then we saw them get established in the promised land. And what did they do? They started started following kings because they decided they'd rather follow someone they could see rather than build the relationship in the one true living God. And because of that, culture kept declining and declining and declining until finally they went into captivity. But you know, God was still there even in captivity. God blesses us even in all those moments. And so even after captivity, uh, God showed himself to them. And our God is a God of restoration. Anybody here need restoration? If you need restoration, you need a new chance. We have a God of new chances. And then there's a period of silence. And after that period of silence, Jesus came to show us who God is. Jesus Christ, he emptied himself of his majesty. He came down to earth. When he came to earth, he was born in Bethlehem, a place that we know of, a place that we can see right now. He was born in Bethlehem, born to the Virgin Mary, had an adopted father here on earth. His name was Joseph. 
And, and today, what I would like to do is focus on what Jesus did while he was here on earth. Okay, I want to talk about the ministry of Jesus. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 4. So take whatever you use as a Bible, Luke chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 16 because Jesus grew up. He was baptized by John the Baptist. He was tempted in the wilderness. And then he began a very public ministry. And in that public ministry, Luke says the first thing he did was he went to his hometown of Nazareth. And that's where I want to pick up the account. So would you stand with me? In honor of God's word, Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 16. And this is what it says. And he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to, play, to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much that you came and you proclaimed liberty and you proclaimed the gospel and you proclaimed the Lord's favor, Lord, and you brought healing. And Lord, thank you so much. And Lord, help us to receive this. And Lord, help us to receive your ministry and your presence in our lives. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I, I, I'm amazed. At, there's, there's a phrase in here that just amazes me. In verse 17, it says, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. That amazes me because when I'm looking at that, that verse of scripture, and that verse of scripture is Isaiah 61, verse 1. I go to my Bible, and it says Isaiah, and then it has chapter 61, and then I can find chapter 61, and then verse 1. But that's not what Jesus had. Jesus had this scroll he had to open up, and there's no chapter markings. They don't do that then. Okay? Not only that, back in that day, they didn't even put spaces in between the words. Okay, so it's just a whole bunch of Hebrew letters, and it's in Hebrew for heaven's sake. And it was all that, and he found it, and he proclaimed it. It's just amazing to me. And instead of a long passage, he just, I got a very short passage, shared it with them. Hey, you're, I have the spirit of the Lord on me. I'm proclaiming this. And then he sat down. This morning, on my way to church, I went to a local convenience store, which is my habit coming here. Uh, I need some caffeine on the way into church, and so I. I stopped there and I see the same guy every Sunday morning. And he said to me, Pastor, what are you going to be preaching on this morning? And I said, I'm going to be preaching on Jesus. So, you know, I am. I'm preaching on the ministry of Jesus. Now, it's, it's pretty basic, I know, and it's, it's pretty bland, kind of a vanilla kind of topic. You know, how exciting can that be? But did you hear what Jesus said in this passage? Today, this scripture has been filled in your hearing, and it is still being fulfilled. It is still being fulfilled. The Lord who proclaims good news to the poor is still bringing good news to the poor. 
The Lord who proclaims liberty to the captors, he still brings freedom to those of us that are, that are, are imprisoned by sin. The, the Lord who brought sight to the blind, he's still bringing sight to the blind. I believe in a God who heals. This is the God that we have. And so the Lord who healed the sick when he walked on earth, Jesus still heals the sick. And Jesus, who, Jesus Christ, who promised the favor of the Lord, he is still proclaiming the favor of the Lord. And he wants to bless us. And this God who wants to bless us, he's continuing to love us. And he'll always love us if we'll only let him. So why did Jesus come? Why didn't he just come, be born, have the sacrifice, and die? And then be resurrected? Why do you have to go through 33 years? Why do you have to do that, you know? Did did, did God just want to come and see what it was like to be a human being? Was he trying to have that sort of uh, cathartic experience? Or, or was it a wish to be mocked and to be tortured and to be painfully executed? Some sort of uh, weird sort of feeling like that? No. Jesus for us. I have no idea what's going on with my microphone. And guys, if someone can get me another microphone, that'd be great. Um, if you could hear me up there. <clears throat> Every now and then. So. <laughs> we can hear you. There you go. So anyway, he came, he came to earth for us. And so what I want to say is this. We are his ministry. We are his ministry. You are his ministry. He came to minister to you and to me. So if he, we are his ministry, here's what I have for you. This is the first point. It's a very important point. Be his ministry. Let the Lord minister to you. Let Jesus bring healing and joy to you. Let Jesus bring peace and hope to you. You know, we live in such a performance-based culture where we keep trying to do things for God and things for God and things for God. And do you realize Jesus came not so you could do things for him, Jesus came so that he could bring salvation into your life. So if he came for us and his ministry is for us, let him minister to you. Let him bring rest to your soul. Yeah, I want you to know, action is not bad. We need to, we need to match our, our belief with action, okay? But don't forget this. Jesus loves you and me. He wants to be there for us. Uh, let me tell you the different ways I know that he's there for us. He was sent to be there for us. If you look at verse 18 of our passage, it says, he has sent me to proclaim liberty. He has sent me to proclaim liberty. Who is that? The spirit of the Lord has sent me to proclaim liberty. All right. And I'm going to use this one here. salvation. And that's the next thing on your sermon notes. If you're following along, Jesus was sent, you know, we have such a big God. Our God is so hard to explain. Okay. Cause he's bigger than our words, but we have this God that, that God, the father always on his throne. He sent himself down God, the son. And while God, the son was ministering to us, God, the father was still on his throne. So the universe could still be moving around and, and being what it needs to be for us. And while he was doing that, the Holy Spirit was down, leading, guiding, empowering, you know, just so Jesus could come to us. Jesus was sent to bring us salvation. As an old man, the apostle John, he, uh, he wrote about this same thing 
about Jesus being sent. He said in 1 John chapter 4, he says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son. And why? To be Savior of the world. That's why Jesus came, so that he could bring salvation to us. So Jesus was sent to bring us salvation. That's part of his ministry. So if Jesus is, is sent to bring us salvation, what do we do? Well, we should receive salvation. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know he died so that you could be restored to the Father. And I pray that you'll make that decision today. If you, if you trust in him as your Lord and Savior, you believe that he died on the cross for you, that you believe that he's alive and you believe he's at the right hand of the Father and that right now he wants you to have just forgiveness of your sins and a restored relationship with him. If you have not yet received salvation from Jesus, what is stopping you from receiving it today? That's so important. So important. You know, let Jesus touch you. Let him bring salvation to you. And here's the next thing. It's coming from Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. This talks a little bit more about his ministry. It says, and he went through all Galilee, uh, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And so his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains. Anybody have pains? Yeah. Those oppressed by demons. Those having seizures and paralytics. And he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So, so here we see this amazing ministry of Jesus. He was teaching. He was sharing the gospel. He was sharing about salvation. But also he was, he was healing people. And, you know, he, he served us. He humbled himself and served us to bring salvation. So not only did Jesus, was Jesus sent to bring us salvation, he served to bring us salvation. You know, um, and people brought him sick people with various diseases. Can you imagine what that would look like here in this pandemic age where we don't want to be more than six feet from anybody that might be sick? You know what Jesus did? He went up to sick people and probably some uh, very sick people and maybe diseases looked ugly because they didn't have the infection treatments they have today. You know what he did? He touched them. He touched them. He got up close to them and he touched them and he humbled himself. He served. He served. You know, when Jesus came, uh, he didn't have a throne room when he came to earth. He didn't say, this is, this is the Jesus throne room. If you want Jesus, you come here, and I'll have my attendance at the door, and if you can get in and get an appointment, we'd, we'd love to talk to you then. He didn't have that. He didn't have a website. He didn't have a conference center. He didn't have a retreat center. He didn't have, you know, JesusChrist.com ministry, anything like that. No. Because you know what? Jesus didn't come so that we could just give him adulation. He already has the adulation. He already has the praise of all creation, okay? If the rocks don't cry out, if, if we don't cry out, the rocks are going to cry out, okay? But in Matthew 20, it says this, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So that's what he did. He, he gave his life as a ransom. He served. Now, we're going to talk about that in more detail, and that sort of gets me into the next point here. In Romans 5, 
starting at verse 6. A little bit another thing about, another thing about Jesus' ministry on earth. Romans 5 says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, while we were doing all the stuff that was wrong, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so the next thing I want to share with you is that Jesus sacrificed to bring us salvation. He was sent to bring us salvation. He served to bring us salvation. And he sacrificed to bring us salvation. And the cost was immense. That word sacrifice, it was sacrifice in every sense of the word. Because when you think of sacrifice, what a sacrifice is, it's something that is atoning. It is something that, that purifies. It is something that cleanses uh, in, in, a, in a spiritual kind of way. And it was truly a sacrifice that brought the cleansing. But also, a sacrifice is costly. If you have a sacrifice, it's something that costs you very dearly. And it was a sacrifice to the Lord. I can't imagine what it would be like for someone sinless and impure like the Lord Jesus Christ to take all my sins and my family's sins and my extended family's sins and this church's sins and the state of Florida's sins and then this whole world's sins and then throughout all the history of humanity, all those sins came down on him. All the guilt, all the regret came down on him. That's costly. That's costly. And so what does it mean when he sacrificed for us, when we respond with a take it or leave it attitude? What does that mean? It means we don't value the sacrifice. It means we don't care what was going on, you know. Jesus came for us, so I just want to say he sacrificed for us, he served for us, he, he was sent for us. So let him touch you, let him love you, let him rescue you. So that's the first part of this message. If Jesus came for us, be his ministry. Let Jesus touch your life. That's what I want to share. And the next point's very simple too. Do his ministry. Be his ministry and do his ministry. In that Isaiah 61 verse 61 chapter where he spoke a few verses later, it says this in verse 6. It says, but you shall be called the priests of the Lord and they shall speak of you as ministers of our God. And you know, that's what the world sees us as. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, the world sees us as representing the Lord. Anastasia Church, this is our job. We're to be priests of the Lord. We're supposed to be ministers of our God, right? To our community. This is what he's calling us to do. When we come to church, we're not here just so we can get a great experience. This isn't the end result. This is the filling station so we can go out in power to share the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. So, we're priests of the Lord. So, it says, they shall speak. And you know, I don't know what they is, but I think of they as the culture. I think they as the culture. You know, as we do ministry... We do the ministry of Jesus. People see Jesus himself through us. That's why it's so important for us to get involved in these things. I love this passage in Romans chapter 10. This is another passage that tells us, tells us how we do ministry. Romans 10 chapter 14, or chapter 10 verse 14, it says this. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How is our world going to follow Jesus if they don't believe in Jesus is what it's saying. 
And then it says this, and how are they to believe in him and whom they've never heard? How can someone have faith in Jesus Christ if no one tells them about Jesus Christ? They got to know, we got to tell them with words that Jesus Christ is the answer. And then it goes on and says, and, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they going to hear the gospel if there are not people trained to share the gospel? You are ministers. You are priests. We're all priests. And you know, if we're going to do the ministry, let me tell you, every person in this room needs to be invested in learning how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to people around them. Because that's what God has called us to do. If you don't know how to do that, uh, uh, Al, just stand up for just a second. Talk to this guy. He will help you. Okay, he'll help you learn how to share the gospel. Yeah, there we go. So anyway, and then how are they going to preach unless they are sent? And so what we do is we send, we send people. That's why we support missionaries. That's why we support ministries. That's why uh, we encourage uh, people to get out into the community, like with the Wildflower Clinic and Alpha Omega Miracle Home and the Homeless Coalition. That's why we have missionaries in Moldova and the Hobbies in Montana. And, and that's why, uh, I got to tell you this, we're helping a church plant in New Orleans. And we just sent, we've been working with other churches there and, and we're just able to send a check that put them over the top so they can purchase a building for their own. Praise God. That's Anastasia. That's you working. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a church plant in Elkton. You know Anastasia Church Elkton. We have a church plant that we're helping in Edmonton, Alberta and next year they're going to be their own full-fledged church. Praise God. God is doing great things but they, it doesn't happen unless we send people. There's Alpha Omega Miracle Home. There is an orphanage in Haiti where kids are being rescued and they're hearing about Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are sending people down there to help. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So if we're going to do the ministry, we got to go. If we're sent, then we go. I just want to say go, share salvation. Go and share salvation. Jesus was sent, we're sent. Okay, the next part, 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. We're to serve one another. So we need to serve to share salvation. Uh, serving is our privilege. That's one of our core values here at Anastasia Baptist Church. Serving is a privilege. You get to serve the Lord. Have you thought about this? Where are you serving the Lord? In what are you serving the Lord? You get to serve. You're not just serving Jesus. You're serving in the name of Jesus. And I want to challenge you. What service are you doing that you are doing in the name of Jesus? That as you're sharing about, as you're sharing, giving your time and your talents and your treasures... First Peter chapter two says this, we got to serve to share salvation. First Peter two verse five says this, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. If you're smart cookies and most of you guys are, you know what the next point is, right? Yeah, we got to sacrifice to share Jesus. Can I tell you that it, I'm very grateful to be your pastor. It is a privilege to be your pastor. I'm so humbled to be able to, to say, hey, I get to pastor at Anastasia Church. It's a good thing for me. I want you to know it's not an easy thing. It's not easy. It's a great amount of time. 
There's a great amount of spiritual and emotional and physical energy that goes into it. There's money. I want you to know, I'm not bragging, but I'm saying my wife and I, we put 10% of our income to the church, first thing. Then we put a little extra in for the new building we're building. And then once a month, we put in money for missions. Why? Uh, Christ sacrificed. He gave his life for me. What can I do in return? That's just a little bitty thing that I do. And I know a lot of you other people are doing the same thing. I know this. I know this. But there's a cost to sharing salvation in the name of Jesus. So sacrifice to share it. You know, because Jesus was sent. He served. He sacrificed. We're sent. We serve. And we sacrifice, okay? We're to be his focus. So be his ministry. Let him focus on you. And we're to be his body, so let's do his ministry. In 2018, I was privileged to go and join our team on a mission trip that uh, they'd already been twice before to a country in Central Asia that I won't name because this particular service is going to be broadcast uh, on the web, and so I don't want it to get out. But I went there to that country, and, and now we have a daughter church there. And I was privileged to return in January of 2020, just before the pandemic broke out. I got back just in time before all the airlines shut down. Thank goodness I made it back here. But you know, that daughter church has started another church. And one of the reasons that ministry is so effective is because of the lady I want to show a picture on the screen right now. Can you show that picture? Yeah. I don't know her official name. We on the team, we had a name for her. We called her Sumaina Abwe. You know what that means in Boro? That's the, that's the language they speak there. It means beautiful grandmother. Well, let me tell you about Sumaina Abwe. Many, many years ago, missionaries came to her village and her husband's village. And uh, he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he started following Christ and all... The men in the village came to him and he said, they said, you will not follow Christ. You will remain Hindu or we will kill you. And so he went back to the Hindu traditions and went back trying to cause peace in his village. And then he came to his deathbed and he gathered his family around. He told them the story and he said, I want you to know I didn't stand up for Christ in my life. But let me tell you, you be Christian. You be Christian. And his family turned to Christ. Well, this is his wife, Samina Abwe, beautiful grandmother. And when we came with a team and we were starting a church and they were trying to find a place to have a church to meet, in her backyard was just this little, little shed, bamboo walls, whatever. And, and they had Bible studies at home and fellowships in her home. And, and she hosted that church for a while. The first while we were there, we saw the church meeting there. And because of that, when we built a, a concrete building just a couple years ago in that country in Central Asia, we had a pastor. And you see the first guy in the back there. That's the pastor, the other guy in the white shirt. Um, that's the associate pastor now. And the guy in between, you can hardly see, he's one of our church members, Bob Walker. But... Uh, when we built that other concrete structure, that church raised up funds to build this structure. It's simple, concrete floor, bamboo walls, and it's sitting on her property. She said, you just build it here. We're gonna build a church here. And where there was no churches seven or eight years ago, now there's two churches. And the reason there's two churches is because of Samina Abwe, 
beautiful grandmother. And she's made a difference. I remember when I came back the second time. I saw her the first time. We, they took me to church there. And before we went to church, she sat us down in her living room. She gave us tea and something to eat. I came back the second time, two years later, and she said, do you remember me? And I said, oh, yeah, you're Samina Abwe. And her face lit up, and she hugged my neck. And she shared the love of Jesus just like she did the first time. And we were brother and sister in Christ. We speak different languages. We live on the other side of the world from each other. But we're united in Christ. Why? Because we're sharing a ministry. You're sharing that ministry with her. And you can go out in power and do that work. I just want to say to you, Jesus came to earth for a reason. He came for you and me. He came for everybody in St. Augustine and St. John's County in Florida. And so many of them, they do not know why Jesus came. Would you go out and share the love of Jesus? Very simple message. But first, you've got to be his ministry. I just want to say to you right now, if you've not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, would you receive him right now this moment? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I want to trust in you as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, I know I don't know everything by faith, but Lord, I'm just going to commit my life to you. Would you do that? And then once you receive his power, his ministry, would you go out and do his ministry? That's what Jesus taught us here on earth. Would you stand with me, please? And I want you to know, once your heart's open to him, that's when we receive the power. That's when we receive the spirit. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for giving us time to be here in this room together, and your presence is here. And Lord Jesus, I pray if someone doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that they're receiving you right now. Lord, I pray if there's someone that's just been receiving and has not been doing, Lord, that they'd be going out, doing your ministry in your name, proclaiming your name and proclaiming freedom and power, Lord, to a world that desperately needs it. And Lord, glory to you. In your precious name of Jesus, I We're coming to a time of response. If God's calling you, I invite you to come. You can come forward if you want to be baptized. You want to know what it means to receive Jesus. You want to uh, take a step of faith in, in leadership or baptism. You just want to come up and pray. You just come. You come. Let Jesus minister to you.
brothers and sisters, we're going out of this place. I pray you go out in grace. I pray that you go out in peace. I pray you go out in joy. I pray that you go out in power because Jesus Christ is invited himself into your heart and if you receive him in power, you can go out and take that power and share it with a world that desperately needs it. Go out and share his love and God bless you.